You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And let's pray together. Father, we do thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, what you have preserved for us. And now as we open the word of God, I pray that you would help us to be challenged and encouraged. Uh, Lord, help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear. And Lord, uh, just meet needs that we have and help us, Lord, to be looking forward to the day that we're going to see you. And so just work in our lives, please, tonight. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. It's different when you're reading congregationally and then when you're reading just uh, for yourself. I started in on verse 4 at my own cadence as opposed to uh, with uh, uh, pausing for everybody. I apologize for that. Uh, here in this passage, we find several things. We find some key words that I want to uh, just look at tonight. And uh, first off, here in verse number uh, 1, uh, one of the 1 and 2 here. Uh, yes, uh, it says that the key word that I want to see is throne. Uh, the throne is mentioned. Now, the throne uh, is a symbol of authority. It's a symbol of power. It's the symbol of kingship. It is uh, when, when you mention a throne, you're not thinking of, of just a chair. You're thinking of something that is of great value. You're thinking that the person that's sitting on that throne uh, has great authority and great uh, power, and that is the case. It represents the sovereign rule of an individual, and here uh, we have a throne. Uh, then we have him that sat on the throne. Uh, as we dealt with this last week, he that sat on the throne was God the Father. Uh, because the Lord is going to be the one that's coming to him, and he's going to receive the, uh, the scroll here, the book. Uh, so we see him that sat on the throne, and that's the Almighty God. Now, I don't know what it's going to be like when we see God, but it's going to be amazing. I mean, as grand as we can imagine, our mind can't even begin to fathom. You know, we've, we've seen movies or maybe pictures, images of maybe what that throne and the light that's coming off that throne. And you, you try to imagine what that is going to be like. But one day, these eyes are going to see it. One day, we're, we're going to see. If you're saved, you're going to see the Lord. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the day that it will be by sight. You know, walking by faith is hard. One day we're going to see and then we're going to wonder, why was it so hard? Because he's so great and he's so grand and he's so magnific uh, magnificent. Uh, he, is, he is everything that we could even imagine. And here as we, uh, we look, John was looking and he went through that door and he's, he's looking into heaven and uh, a perspective. And one day we're going to see him that sat on the throne and sits on the throne. 
uh, that's going to be an amazing day. Uh, we're going to see here as we look, uh, we see that there was a book. Uh, the word book there translates scroll. Uh, so it's book, it's scroll, it is a writing. Uh, take your Bibles, go back to Ezekiel chapter 2. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 2, uh, we find a cross-reference of this, uh, of this book and uh, the uh, uh, ties together here uh, as you're studying things out. Ezekiel chapter number 2, <clears throat> and look with me at verse number 9 and 10. Ezekiel 2, 9 and 10, the Bible says, And when I looked, behold, a hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein. And he spread it before me, and it was written within and without, and there was written therein lamentations and mourning and woe. So here, when we're back in Revelation chapter 5, this is that book of of the scroll. It's the scroll of the book. And uh, we find here that this is a scroll. This is a book. It is the writings of future woes. We know when we get to chapter 6, uh, we will start going through these seals. And in this scroll, uh, this scroll is going to open up. And each one of those scrolls, go ahead and go to that image if you would. Uh, they, they have ideas of what a scroll like this might be. Uh, and they say for it to have seven seals, that it would be seven individual sections of writing that would be separated out because uh, there are some images uh, that you look at and they will have seven seals all across one scroll. But you would have to break all seven to get to the first seal. Uh, the first bit of information, and you have to break all of them. Uh, and as you're looking at Scripture, uh, it appears that it is that one seal is broken, and then it is read, and then another seal is broken, and then it is read. And so uh, it could be something similar to this, where it is one scroll, uh, but you have to break the outer scroll to open it up to be able to read. It is written within and without. And one of the things that uh, it's written within and without is because there's no room to add to it. You know, that's a wonderful thing when you stop and you think about what God is doing and he already knows what he's going to do. And it's written within and without and there's no room to add to it. We're not supposed to add to the book. We're not supposed to take away from the book. Uh, that's why I hold to the King James Bible. I'm, I'm not looking for the, the changes. I'm not looking for someone to say, well, this should, be, should have been translated another way. We have a God in heaven who has, who has said that he would preserve his word from this generation forever. And so uh, God's big enough to take his word and put it in the language. Languages, and I'm thankful that we have the Bible. I'm thankful that He is a God that has preserved it for us. But this scroll uh, is a scroll, and there's a couple different ways, and I'm going to go into all those uh, this next week. I'm at, uh, the next uh, uh, lesson here uh, when we get to chapter 6, whether it's next week or the week after or the week after or the week after. I'm not sure which one, uh, but we'll get to chapter 6. Uh, and, and here as we're opening it up, uh, we see that there's this scroll and uh, this book, and uh, it was sealed with seven uh, seals. Now, in Roman times, they say that a title deed would be sealed like the scroll is said to be sealed. It was, it was something that uh, it would see with the seal, 
It was something that was, it was a judicial seal. It was not just a stamp of authority, but it was a, it was a seal that would stop anybody else from opening it except for the rightful person. You know, not anybody could open the seal. You know, there was only one, and we'll get to that here in a minute. But you start looking at all that the Lord has done here, uh, and uh, the o- only the right, uh, rightful heir or the owner had, to o- had the right to open the seal. It was a judicial matter. Uh, not anyone had title, claim, or authority to, to break that seal and to open the book. Uh, and so uh, we'll look at that. Uh, but I want you to see, first off, uh, number one, uh, I want you to see the question, who is worthy? Who is worthy? Uh, Look with me at verse number two. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? You know, that's a great question. That's that's a question of the ages. Who is worthy? Who is worthy to stand before the throne? Who is worthy to stand before God Almighty? Who's worthy to stand in that place? Who's worthy to take the scroll? Who is worthy uh, to take that from Almighty God, God the Father? Who is worthy uh, to stand before? Uh, Who is worthy to stand in the presence of? Just stop and think about that. Uh, Standing in the presence of the Almighty. That was not something just anybody could do. Uh, You and I, we could not even look upon the Lord uh, the way uh, God says that we can't see Him and live. No man can look on God and live. And so here, when we, when we think about this, uh, we, have, we have one that's in the presence uh, of the Lord who's worthy to take that scroll, uh, worthy to break those holy seals, worthy to take that title deed, worthy to be trusted with the sovereign plan of God Almighty. I mean, God had, he had the scroll. He had his plan. He, he had what he was going to open up and, and reveal to man. But with that, who was worthy? And I'm so thankful that there was one that was worthy. Uh, number two, no man was found worthy. No man is found worthy. There isn't anybody that's worthy to be in the presence of God. No man, you, me, anybody. No man, we are not worthy. Uh, look at uh, verse number three, uh, Revelation 5, 3. And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth. I always sort of laugh at when I think about that. What does that mean to be under the earth? Uh, and so uh, here, uh, no man in heaven, uh, neither nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book neither to look thereon. No man was worthy. And I wept much. So John here, I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Now, now just, just stop and think with me here. As John is, is seeing that there was nobody worthy to open the book, John is weeping because nobody was able to open the book. You know what that tells me? John wanted to hear what God had to say. 
He was, he was desiring to see whatever it was that God had, and he wanted that scroll to be opened. He wanted to hear what was being communicated and what was going to be uh, said and what was going to be read. Uh, God had the scroll, and here now John is weeping because nobody was found worthy to be able to open that scroll, uh, to be able to break those seals. And so I wonder, uh, I think about my own personal life, and uh, do, do I have that kind of a desire to, to see and to hear what God has to say, that I would weep if I couldn't hear what God said. I mean, we get so distracted, don't we? We get so distracted. We get distracted by good things. We get distracted by work. We get distracted by ministry. We get distracted by so many things. We get distracted by social media. And the amount of time you can get sucked into something like that, and then all of a sudden you think, I just didn't have time to read my Bible, but I had time for all the other stuff. And here John, he, was, he wept because he did not somebody wasn't going to be able to open it up and reveal what God had for, for, for man. Man has been trying to enter into God's presence on his own terms from the beginning of time. Man has been trying to figure out how to go about life on their terms and not God's terms. But here, John was desiring not his own terms. He was desiring God's terms. What does God have for me? What is, what is he going to reveal that's here? What secret is going to be opened up? And I desire to, to see that and to hear. Uh, and so uh, we see how man has, has tried to enter into God's presence on their own since the beginning of time. Uh, we think about Adam and Eve. To be as God. Genesis 3. Well, you know, I, I can be as God. And, of course, that sin casts humanity into, into a sinful state. And I've said this before, I, I wonder, how can that simple transgression uh, Romans tells us that uh, by the sin of one man, all became sinners. And by the righteousness of one, all can be made righteous. You know, just like Adam's sin cast entire human race into a sinful uh, state of being, uh, the righteousness of one uh, the second Adam, uh, he was the one that uh, set us all free. Uh, praise the Lord for that. But you see Adam and Eve, you, you look at uh, Cain. He offered a sacrifice of his own making. He, he came and said, this is good enough. I'll give God what I want to give God. And that didn't work out. Uh, he offered the sacrifice of his own making, his own design, his own level of acceptance. 
You, you think about Genesis chapter 11, and for time's sake, we're not going to go there, but verses 1 to 4, uh, we find the Tower of Babel. And here, what do we find? We find mankind had come together, uh, and they said, go let, to let us build a city and a tower uh, whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Uh, what was it? Uh, they, were, they were trying to get to God on their own terms. No man was able to open the book. No man uh, was found uh, worthy here uh, to open uh, that book. So, uh, so we see here that no man was found worthy. Uh, thirdly, I want you to see worthy is the Lamb. Look with me at verse number 5. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof, and I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat uh, upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four and, tw uh, four beasts and twenty, four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by his uh, by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hast made us under our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth uh, now in this chapter we find the word worthy being mentioned four different times and in this, uh, in this time, uh, we find that in verse number uh, 12, I want you to jump down with me uh, to verse number 12. It says, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Now, notice all of the times that the word worthy is mentioned they're all used as adjectives except in verse number 12. They're descriptive in these other, other verses. But when we get to verse number 12, in the middle of the sentence, what's different about that word worthy? It's capitalized. You know why it's capitalized? Because that's a name. It's not just that he is deserving and he is worthy. He is worthy. I mean, that is an essence of who he is. I mean, he is, he is worthy and uh, he, is, he is worthy. What, a, uh, what an amazing God uh, that we serve. And it's, it is a name. And uh, it's, it's not only that he is worthy, he is worthy. It's, it's, uh, that is uh, who he is. He is worthy. It's not just what he deserves. Uh, it is what and who he is. And he is worthy. It's a title of God. Worthy. Worthy. Pretty amazing. You just look and you think. Uh, you know, when you think, somebody, you think of somebody's worth or being worthy, uh, it would never be referred to them as a name. Or as a title. 
But here God, this word is used as a, a very title of who he is. Uh, it was his essence. It was he is worthy. Uh, so, uh, fourthly, I want you to see uh, that uh, uh, he, uh, wor- he is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. You know, the Lord is worthy to be praised. Look at verse number 11. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and beasts and elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is a lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and, and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, Heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Uh, And what a blessing to see. And we'll look at some of this. Uh, Brother David shared a song with me that I want to share with you tonight. Go ahead and start that. Uh, And uh, this is a uh, choir practice uh, of the West Coast uh, Baptist College Choir. And uh, they were uh, they were uh, uh, practicing, and they had videoed this practice, uh, and so it was it was pretty amazing what we just heard. That brings you into a place of worship, just thinking about who He is, and He is worthy, and our minds, our hearts, we need to be looking towards Him. I think about uh, Scripture here. It said, "The voice of many angels round about the throne, the beast." Uh, the elders, the 20 and 40 el- or four elders, uh, 10,000 times 10,000. That's 100 million uh, and, uh, that were there and thousands of thousands. So now you have 100 million and then you add 1,000 thousands. Well, thousands, uh, plural, so the smallest number that could be is 2,000 times 1,000. Uh, you have another 2 million. And you just stop and think about all that the Lord has got around him. But it wasn't just them. It was uh, all the voices saying with a loud voice, singular Singular, a loud voice, just everyone together praising God. You know, that's how our praise is supposed to be. Our praise, when we come together, it ought to be a praise that, that it, is, uh, it is one voice uh, as a church family, just raising our praise before God, uh, lifting up our individual voices as one voice, uh, the singing, the, uh, the praise. Uh, he is worthy of it. Uh, all voices saying with a loud voice, singular, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy is the lamb uh, that was slain. Every creature in heaven, every creature on earth. 
Uh, the Bible says, in every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four and twenty beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Hey, you know what? He's worthy. He's worthy. And you know, all that we do down here, it's because He's worthy. That's why we do it. It's because He's worthy. It's not because we want acclamation. It's not because we want to uh, pat ourselves on the back. It is not for our own personal success. We do what we do because He is worthy. And we got to keep our eyes on Him. Father, I do thank you for your goodness. Thank you for being a God who is worthy to serve. And uh, Lord, one day every person is going to bring praise and glory and honor to your name. And uh, Lord, every tongue is going to, uh, every knee will bow, every tongue confess. Uh, Lord, but you are, you are worthy, and I pray that you would help us as your people uh, to recognize how worthy you are. Help us to recognize our need to just worship you and to praise you. You are worthy to be praised. And may uh, these feeble lips uh, who have a hard time trying to uh, bring about the right words to be able to communicate uh, and to speak about how great you are. Lord, may, may we have a mind and a heart that is truly in a, a place of worship and adoration for you. And so I pray that you'd help us, help all of us to worship you because you're worthy. And so work now in each and every one of our hearts for Christ's sake. The instruments will play and just right where you're at. How much you thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc the number 4 me.org. May God bless you.